0: This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And on this midweek program, we have got some games to look forward to. Some formidable opponents that maybe a couple weeks ago on the schedule you would not have thought would fit that description for both the men's and the women's basketball team as the men look to keep it going at East Carolina. But the Pirates are pretty tough and are looking for, for the first time in their stint in the American, a three-game winning streak. As you know, the men's basketball team is on a nice little five-game streak. Weekly honors featured a member of each team. We'll give you a couple of their top moments from last week. And again, look forward to the next game. Today I'll be headed with women's basketball on our Breeze Airways Charter Jet. By the way, we love Breeze Airways, one of the sponsors of South Florida Athletics on the radio. But the Bulls will be playing tomorrow night in Memphis. And again, that's a team that overall record doesn't blow you away. But we'll tell you why it should be of a little bit of a concern. We'll also continue our interviews with both members of baseball and softball as we get close to those seasons beginning. Really cool that two members of the softball team not only represent their country Puerto Rico but Puerto Rico one of the top softball playing nations in the world and is in the World Cup next year and Kathy Garcia Soto and Camille Ortiz Martinez who were both freshmen with the Bulls last year sat down and talked to me and of course we bring that up it was very cool that the Bulls actually played Team Puerto Rico not too long ago in the fall season it was fun broadcasting that game for you and we'll be broadcasting Well, them playing for the Bulls again and everybody else on the Bulls starting next Thursday with the start of that season. So that's in our second segment along with my annual chat now for the, what, third year with the Mink twins, Hunter and Tanner Mink back with the Bulls and that pitching staff. So that's in our second block. But here let's get into some basketball. But first, always cool to begin with a player of the week in any sport In this case, an athlete of the week because it's track and field. I guess you don't play track and field. You run and you run fast in some cases like that of Abdul Rashid Saminu. He is a sophomore for the men's team, transferred in after one year at Florida Memorial College. Great video that the USF track and field folks put out on their social feed of his performances in the 60-meter dash. This was at the Louisville event, the Lenny Lyles Invitational and he set the school record in the finals with a 6.67 time. Actually, it was cool because Aqwan Lincoln teammate was right behind him, two hundredths of a second. And I know in the sprint events everything is this close, but it's funny that Saminu beat him by two hundredths of a second, and it was the difference between second and fourth in the event. Also, GoUSHeptals.com did a good job of rounding up all that they did in Louisville. Shavoy Reed wins the 200, and that gave him the best time in school history. Three other Bulls entered the top 10 in school history in that event, in one event at Louisville with Nathan Metellus, who is a transfer from Bethune-Cookman, ended up second all-time in school history. So they're doing some great things in track and field. And this weekend, there will be two different events that they go to. Actually, three, technically, because those that go up are going to compete in two different events in Massachusetts, Harvard Friday, and then BU on Saturday. Some will stay home and go to Gainesville for, yes, an indoor event in Gainesville. We'll get you more details on that on Friday's show. But Abdul Rashid Saminu is the American Athletic Conference Track and Field Athlete of the Week. Now we'll talk basketball. Actually, we'll give you a soundbite from Bull Speed Ahead that I wanted to play because I think it's fabulous, and it does definitely tie into the basketball team's success, which, as we all know, has been a major, major story. And Rob Higgins, who is the executive director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, has been at it for more than two decades. He's in charge of basically getting Super Bowls, getting NCAA tournaments, getting regionals, getting, you know, Final Four like we just had with volleyball. The stuff he says about the impact of the on-campus stadium and how it might draw, you know, big-time soccer events like World Cup qualifiers, that kind of thing, and, of course, the other effects that it'll have because it hits the... And I love Rob's use of words in general, but he said sweet spot between, you know, a Corbett soccer stadium that only seats a few thousand and Raymond James Stadium where you can have a big event and it still seems cavernous because there's so many seats. That's all on Bullspeed ahead, which again, will re-air plenty of times. But you know, and this is how social media works, I understand, but when a team loses or a coach does a bad job, you hear it, you hear it a lot. And then when things go well, the same people that are really excited and quick to criticize tend to well, they tend to forget how to post. So you're not seeing a lot of people say, by the way, Michael Kelly, great job with Alex Golish and Amir Abdurrahim. Rob Higgins, as you know, Michael was just trying to wrap up the show and say thanks for joining us, decided to take the mantle and I loved it. Well,
1: Rob, again, we can't thank you enough for all you do for our community, for your alma mater, uh, and just being the the kind of leader that, that that we we value and appreciate so so much here. Um we say often, and I certainly say often, that we, we're, we we have the best sports commission in the country. I say that uh, subjectively and objectively, having been living in different parts of the community and uh, different parts of the country, frankly, and, and uh, nobody does it better than Team Tampa Bay. So thanks for your leadership. Thanks for your support of USF. And thanks for joining us on Bull Speed Ahead. I do want to mention one more thing. I don't think it's got the attention that it deserves. I will say this, because I have not heard it mentioned. There's not a lot of people that we're talking about Uh, Coach Golish or Amir when it came to those coaching searches. They weren't at the top of all the public prognostication lists, but they were at the top of your list, thankfully. (laughs) And the the transition, the evolution, the transformation of both of those programs, as quickly as they've turned here, both from a football standpoint and men's basketball standpoint, by hiring the right people and you leading that charge has been incredible. And I think it needs more attention, I'm trying to say it from the rooftops. Uh, they Again, they may not have been on, on everybody else's list on Twitter or any place else. But the fact that you got it right, you hired these guys with conviction, and they have turned these programs on a freaking dime is so impressive and so appreciated. I say it as an alum, I say it as a you know, person in the community. The energy, uh, the excitement around USF is at an all-time high right now, and it's really special. I would just encourage everybody to get involved and rally around these programs and all the other programs because you guys have something really special happening on Fowler Avenue right now.
0: Thank you, Rob. I totally agree. And thank you, Michael Kelly. We do that show every Tuesday for you. Thursdays during basketball season, every other Thursday we bring you Bullseye. And that means this week is an off week for that. But we'll be plenty busy with basketball and Ramiro Abdurahim. And we believe Case and Pryor will definitely be a player. Maybe it'll be who is particularly hot in leading the Bulls to their next two wins, even though it has been case and Pryor of late. It's really worth noting that he didn't have, well, he was fifth on the scoring chart, basically, in their win over the weekend against UTSA. And that's a good thing. And by the way, They beat a team, the Roadrunners, 89-72 that was forcing FAU and Memphis into overtime. So I thought that was no small thing that the Bulls just handled UTSA plainly and simply and did a lot with their defense. Now, if you think East Carolina is a team that the Bulls are just going to easily handle, I would caution against that. This Pirates team, as I mentioned in the open, is looking for its first three-game winning streak in AAC history for, well... The Pirates, and for everybody in the American Athletic Conference, they were a inaugural member. They were right below 500 last year. Ended up 16 and 17. New head coach Michael Schwartz definitely had the team energized, and those 16 wins, while they don't sound like a ton, again, their most wins in 10 years. They now the Pirates are 11 and 10, and 4 and 4 in conference, and that is their best start in conference history since joining the American. And they have done it a lot with intensity and defense. And a scoring trio that we'll get to in a second, but more on the defense. They basically allowed each of their opponents in the first eight conference games shooting below their normal field goal percentage for the season. They allow 43% from their opponents and just 30% on three-point shots. And only once has a team in American Athletic Conference play scored above its average and that was a half point above the average. That was SMU, 75 to 64. They won their last two, not shooting well themselves. And they are going to be feeling very confident because they lost some very close games in conference play. And now it's starting to turn around. Yep, that's when the Bulls are getting the East Carolina Pirates. First, before conference play, nothing really stood out tremendously. They didn't have that really marquee win. But they also, you know, played South Carolina close. I don't know if you saw South Carolina stun Tennessee last night. South Carolina's looking like an NCAA tournament team. Side note, led by former Bull B.J. Mack. They also lost at an event in Lakeland, actually, by five to Florida. So in back-to-back games in mid-December, despite the fact there were losses, six points to South Carolina, five points to Florida. Then they started to progress into conference play, started off at FAU. That's a tough go lost by 15, came home, knocked off Tulsa and Temple. They, like the Bulls, have already played Temple twice and beat them twice, but then three losses in a row, but get this, one was at UAB, the Bulls, same thing. One was on a full-court inbounds play at the Horn at home that beat them with North Texas, 60-59. to 59. So again, close defeats. Then, after the loss at UAB, they looked headed maybe for a fourth straight defeat, but they grinded one out against Wichita State. and then just the other day, at home, they were down by eight points with less than three and a half minutes to go and forced overtime and defeated Temple 70 to 64. So this is a team that is feeling really confident right now and looking to go above 500 in conference play. We'll tell you more about their players in just a minute, but first some highlights of what put Case and Pryor on the AAC weekly honor roll.
1: Two-point temple lead, six minutes gone. Here's Riley into contact, throws up a runner that's short, and there's Kaysen Pryor with another rebound. Here he comes back the other way. Kaysen's going to stop the three-point line. Let's one fly. Yes! Kaysen Pryor has given the Bulls the lead. Their first lead. Bulls lead at 41-40 on Kaysen Pryor's three-pointer. 48 on the game clock, 23 on the shot clock. Got to get yourself a good shot here. Jaden Reed with Barry on him. Bulls have a timeout, Temple has a timeout. Adam Fisher telling his team to stay away from the fouls. Reed hesitates, gets into the paint, stops, kicks it back to Pryor, now to Youngblood, five on the shot clock. Pryor, jab step, Pryor, jab step, steps back, launches a three, got it! <laughs> Cason Pryor like an assassin! He's a hired killer! With 25.9 left, Cason Pryor knocks down a triple, his fourth of the game! Here's a pass inside, Cason Pryor! two-handed dunk. Miguel set him up with Pryor with a two-handed flush and the Bulls are doing it all today. That's what the people want to see. Cason Pryor jamming it.
0: Yeah he can also score from inside not just a three-point marks person. Named to the AAC weekly awards list averaged 16 points along with six rebounds in two games and great to see him getting that recognition. Also kind of wild that for that free throw run he was on Rice, Memphis, Wichita. And then Temple, where he's just four for four, but those were clutch. 39 for 42, did not get off a of free throw against UTSA, but there wasn't much at the free throw line. I'm guessing it might be a little bit more physical and intense and filled with free throws tonight. Case and Pryor and the Bulls going up against East Carolina. R.J. Felton leads the way in scoring with 16 points a game. Ezra Asar, who was an all-freshman performer last year, averages 13.5 points a game and five rebounds. And Brandon Johnson, 6'8", the rebound leader, 13.5 points, nearly nine rebounds a game. Felton is the guy that can really kill you from three-point shots with 38 of them, but there's Johnson again, a 6'8 guy, going for 37. Asar, also 6'8", so some size for the Pirates. And, oh, by the way, they added a point guard from Kansas. Didn't get a lot of playing time with the Jayhawks, but you know he's got to be good. And Bobby Pettiford has been good. Eight-and-a-half points, but also... First in the conference in assist-to-turnover ratio. 76 assists to 24 turnovers. And Asar has been to the free-throw line, well, a bunch of times. He's 101 for 150. They like to get you at the line. They don't shoot a great number, but they get there a lot more than their opponents. That is the opposition for the Bulls tonight. Don't forget the pregame show. Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston hit the air at 630 on Bulls Unlimited. By the way, Saturday, both teams playing at the same time. We'll go ahead and, even though there's two games before then, give you a little bit of a first word and we'll remind you on social media Saturday. But the women's game will be on the strike, 102.5 HD2. And if you don't have an HD2 car radio, don't worry. There is a streamable link that we'll put out plenty of times, not only on my X feed at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K Sharp, but also the stations at Bulls Unlimited. That'll be a 4:45 airtime from Birmingham. The men will be playing at North Texas, and that is a 5:30 airtime. So both games at the same time, and we'll get you covered with the strike 102.5. But before then, again, the men tonight and the women tomorrow against Memphis, a below 500 Tigers team that doesn't concern you. Oh, it should concern you. We'll explain. And oh, by the way, just so you know, if the men win tonight, they will be. In a three-way tie for first because Charlotte and FAU don't play tonight. Those teams are seven and one in the league. The Bulls are six and one. Bulls have their largest lead and can add here. Romy Levy throws it off likes back and scars. Romy Levy duping the Pirates. It's a 14-0 run and it's 34-28. You just heard the Sports Center number five play of the day for Sunday. Incidentally, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's put-away catch for the Chiefs, sending he and his Chiefs teammates to the Super Bowl with the number six play of the day. Nice little South Florida presence there on SportsCenter. Romy Levy got some run from the conference on the weekly honor roll for her 21 points and four assists. And, oh, by the way, played the full 40 minutes performance against East Carolina. That was a big win for the Bulls, and as we talked about on Monday's show, jumped them all the way from 10th to a tie for 7th in the league. Tomorrow night, they play a Memphis team that, if you look at the standings, is, well, towards the bottom. But dig a little deeper, and you see that it's a dangerous team with a really talented head coach. Memphis is just 3-5 and five in the league. That's 11 out of 14 teams and 7-12 and 12 overall. However, of their three wins, two have come well in their last two games, including at Rice. That's a place the Bulls went to and lost, and really Memphis destroyed them. 73-66 was the final score, but that was 56-41 going into the final quarter. Rice tried to put something together late, got it to within six with 26 seconds left. But this was a dominant showing and an impressive showing by Memphis. So, yep, the Bulls are getting the Tigers probably at the wrong time. Memphis just 7-12 and overall. But we told you about East Carolina losing to some impressive teams in close fashion. South Carolina in Florida, how about Memphis losing at Tennessee early this season in overtime? How about losing to Middle Tennessee twice? They ended up playing them at a multi-team event, and Middle Tennessee is a top 50 team, the Conference USA leader. They went to Columbia, which is talented, and lost. So record didn't look great overall. As a result, oh, though when they also played Mississippi State in mid-December, got beat 81-63. But yeah, Mississippi State's okay. Just beat LSU the other day. Nonetheless, that started off a five-game losing streak, which included one-point loss to East Carolina, two-point loss at UAB, which is second place in the conference, double overtime loss to SMU. Are you starting to get the picture? This team is better than its record. And the last two games, we just mentioned what they did against Rice. Prior to that, they jumped ahead of FAU 28-8 at home and beat the Owls 76-56. Madison Griggs, she is the all-time three-point leader in Memphis history, well more than 300 for her career this year, 53 for 158. Then two transfers, Kai Carter from Rutgers and was an All-Big South player at NC Asheville before that. There's a Big South connection here. She's averaging 10 points. And Alasia Smith, basically averaging near a double-double, 9.9 points, 9.5 rebounds. She is one of the three players and the biggest contributor that came with new Memphis head coach Alex Simmons from Gardner-Webb. Last year's champions of the Big South. Wonder why Gardner-Webb went from being 18-0 and in conference in an NCAA tournament team to being one of the lowest-ranked teams in the country this year? It's because they lost their head coach, Alex Simmons, and a lot of the talent went elsewhere, including one big factor for the Tigers. So this is going to be a tough one, and the Bulls and Tigers get it going 745 airtime Thursday night. And I know I mentioned this on social media, and we'll do it fully on the broadcast Thursday night, but briefly here, just in light of the fact that the Americans only going to send one team to the tournament, no at-larges, to point out the fact that in the last 10 NCAA tournaments, the South Florida Bulls have gone to eight, seven of those as an at-large. In that time span, the rest of the entire conference has gone twice. That would be current teams in the conference, and it's not a slam on anybody, it's just to point out... What the Bulls have done, and yes, this isn't one of their best seasons, but they won't get in at large. I wouldn't shut the door on possibly getting a tournament title.